He is truly the lifter of my soul. And He is my joy. Amen. He is my joy. God bless you. Our young people can slip out for their class, those that are part of our classes. Those of you that remain with us, please turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 6. And I will begin reading in verse number 1, Mark, chapter 6. And the word of the Lord reads like this. And he went down, or he went out from thence and came into his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even... Such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folks and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. And everybody said, Amen. Is not this the carpenter? the son of Mary, the brother of James. But Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Amen. God bless you this morning. Thank you for being here. Good to have Brother and Sister Custer home for a day or two. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and give Him praise right now as you're seated. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It is one of the most dangerous of all of life's enemies. There are many things that are an enemy to life, but this, I would say, is far more dangerous than anything that I know of. It is more deadly than cancer or the, or the bite of the black adder or coral snake. It is more feared than heart disease or sugar diabetes. To me, it is more lethal even than strychnine or any of the other poisons that can so quickly end a life. It is perhaps hell's best kept secret. Because it work, its work is not to steal or to destroy. Though we are introduced to the works of darkness and we are introduced to Satan as being a thief who comes but to steal, kill, and destroy, there is a weapon that he uses that does not destroy, nor does it steal. It does something far more deadly and far 
more critical. It was the very thing that Jesus encountered as he entered into his hometown after having left to begin his ministry. If you read prior to Mark chapter 6, you will find Jesus casting out devils. You will find him calming the rough and tumble sea. You will find him healing the sick. You will find him raising the dead. And now he enters into his hometown. And he walks down the familiar streets. And he sees the familiar sights that he was so accustomed to seeing as a child growing up in this city. He saw people that he recognized and people that he knew from times past. But here the Bible said his miraculous work stopped. The miracle power that had been so prevalent and so evident in so many other places was brought to a screeching halt. And here he could scarcely do anything. His power had been put in check. And the scripture says that Jesus marveled. He marveled. Only one other time in scripture does it say anything about Jesus marveling at anything. He marveled one time at the faith of a centurion soldier who understood authority and understood power. And when he had inquired if the Lord could come to his house and heal his servant, he finally spoke up and said, All you've got to do is just send the word, and my servant will be made whole. And Jesus, the Bible said, marveled at that man's faith. And here again he marvels, but not at faith. He marvels at something far more treacherous and far more deadly. Here in his hometown, here among his friends, here among his colleagues, the gracious ministry that had so affected the lives of so many people and had so helped others was now brought to a halt and frustrated. The divine healer is unable to heal and the miracle worker is unable to do his miraculous work because of a dulling, deadening, stiffening influence of life's greatest enemy. Jesus had been the workman to whom they had sent their broken plows and they had brought their yoke and perhaps even their furniture and their wagons to repair he was the one they brought the broken rocking chair to or other items in their home that had come in disarray and he had put them back together. He was a craftsman. He was a carpenter. And this is what they saw. The familiar had made them critics of his life and the familiar living with him every day had dulled their senses to who he really was and what he had come to do. And his word is now met not with wonder, but with contempt and skepticism. To say that they were uh, missing out on the best that life had to offer is an understatement. 
But it was here that Jesus encountered life's deadliest enemy and life's most cruel enemy, and that is familiarity. Being so familiar and so accustomed to Him and who He was, they missed what He had come to do. Someone said that familiarity breeds contempt. But I would dare say that you are selling familiarity way too short of its accomplishment. It is not only the breeder of contempt, but it is the father of many other offsprings. It is the father of broken hearts. It is the father of wasted lives and wasted hours. And it is the father of insatiable desires that want more. It is the father of unhappiness. And it is the producer of most of the dissatisfaction that people experience in their life. He is an expert at robbing the sparkle out of our eye and replacing it with the dread drab of everyday life. He is the inventor of the yawn and the ho-hum. His entire strategy in life is not to steal from you, but to dull your senses so that it loses its power and influence over your life. His commission from hell is not to take anything from his victim. It is only to take everything in his life for granted to think as that it is ordinary and common it is a strange thief this thing called familiarity and i will tell you that it dogs every one of our lives today he comes down the trail of every person in this building today and sometimes people don't realize what they have lost until it is gone forever the bible says that he could do no mighty miracles because of their familiarity hey they knew him too well they had seen him too often wasn't this just the carpenter the son of mary the brother of james and Josie? and out of that attitude there came a faithlessness there was cultivated a doubt and the skepticism was nurtured in their mind and it began to take from them the most precious things that they could ever imagine. I have come to tell you this morning that familiarity is the pickpocket of life's very best. It will slip into your life and undetected and unnoticed, it will cause you to take for granted the things that mean the most for you. Its insidious influence dulls your mind and it dulls your senses. It will blind your eyes and it will lame your response so that you cannot respond the way that you ought to respond. I come to tell you this morning that I dread this thief more than I dread anything else because I know what it can do and I know what it can produce in the life of people. It steals far more than life can tell. And when you look at the story, you see what it took from those people, what it robbed them of, and what they missed because of this thief called familiarity. This thief that I'm talking about this morning 
when it comes into your life. It doesn't take away your blessing. It doesn't rob you of your blessing. It just camouflages your blessing so that you don't see it as being a blessing or you don't recognize that you truly are blessed. It doesn't come to steal your blessing. It just comes to dull your senses so that you don't realize that I am a blessed person. It will destroy a marriage. It will destroy a friendship. It will cause you to take for granted your children. It will cause you to take for granted your church. It will cause you to take for granted your very best friend. You don't see it as being a blessing. You don't realize you sit in heavenly places because you've been here so many times before. You've heard it so many times. The songs, they don't move you like they once moved you because they are so familiar and without even noticing, without even realizing. It doesn't steal your blessing. It just dulls your senses to where you forget how blessed you really are. Hallelujah. You forget how blessed you really are. And because of its presence, unhappiness reigns in so many people. And because of present unhappiness, we think that all of life is bad. Because of a present problem in our life, we think that all is lost. And we're blessed and we don't know it. We're blessed and we don't realize it. We're blessed and we don't see it. Right now, sitting in this place today, are some of the most blessed people on the face of the earth. And I know that some of you would argue with me right now and say, No, Brother Hughes, I'm not. But I would dare argue with you and say you are not seeing it as it really is. If you only saw where you would be if it were not for the grace of God. If you only knew where you would be this morning if it were not for the goodness of God. If it were not for the love of God. But here I am. I'm in my right mind. I'm in my right spirit. I have strength to lift my hands. I am blessed. I am truly blessed. Hallelujah. 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 No, He doesn't want to steal your blessing. He just wants you to get to the place where you don't see it as a blessing. It's amazing how many people I know that have come to see their blessings as a burden. It's a chore. I have to go to church. We got to go to church. We got to do this. We've got to do that. When the reality is we don't got to do anything. We get to do it. Amen. We have the privilege to do it. You see, if it hadn't been for the goodness of the Lord and the mercy of God, where would we be this morning? But God has blessed us. But because we become so familiar, it becomes so common, we're around it so much, we forget how far we've come. And what God has truly done for us. So it doesn't steal our blessing. It just camouflages it so that we don't see it as a blessing. How many of us this morning are driving better cars than we've ever thought of driving. And living in better houses than we've ever lived in. And yet living in the house that we live in. How many times have we driven by another house and said, oh, I wish. 
It's called a thief. Amen. It's more deadly than cancer. It's more dangerous than strychnine. It will do more damage to you than anything else that I know of. Is just getting accustomed. Living in a blessed life. Living in a blessed home. Living in a blessed church. Living in a blessed atmosphere. But taking that blessing for granted. Thinking as if I deserve what I have. When in reality I don't deserve anything that I have. I don't deserve the wife that I have. I don't deserve the children that I have. I don't deserve the church that I have. I don't deserve the friends that I have. If you knew me, if you knew what I could have been or what I would have been without the grace of God in my life, you wouldn't want to be associated with me. But because of His mercy and His grace and His goodness and His love and His tenderness and His care, some of you like me this morning. You like me because what you see now is a product of God's goodness and His grace. And if I'm not careful, I can get to the place where I don't see that anymore. And I take my brother or my sister for granted. I wonder how many are are living in blessed homes today, but complaining more than you've ever complained. Bellyaching more than you've ever bellyached. Finding more fault than you've ever found criticizing everything that goes on in the house when the truth is if you only knew what life could be like if you only knew what hell could be like you would change your tune but i'm blessed i'm blessed and see the thief that this this spirit that invaded his hometown that invades our life more often than we want to admit It doesn't steal that blessing. It just makes us not see it as a blessing. But not only that, this thief doesn't steal your salvation. It only makes you forget what it was like to be lost. Yeah. We forget where the Lord had to reach to get us. We forget how dirty we were. We forget how sinful we were. We forget what a cesspool it was we were living in. We forget the filth that we were a part of. We forget the wildness of the life that we were connected to. We forget the misery and the heartache and the burden and the pressure and the regrets. We forget all of that now because we've been blessed. We're sitting in heavenly places. God's touched our lives. We have been born again. We've been blessed beyond measure. But we forget where He had to reach to get us. How many of you can remember where you were at when he had to get hold of you what kind of cesspool he had to reach into I don't want to talk about it for a long time but I'm here to tell you what he wants to do this morning is not take away your salvation he just wants you to forget how far God had to reach to get you and if you can forget that then you won't praise God for his salvation like you ought to praise him if you forget how far he had to reach to get you you won't Stand to your feet and say, thank you, God, for saving a sinner like me. If you forget where he brought you from. If you forget where he brought you from. Yeah, you forget where he brought you from. If you forget where he brought you from. We too soon forget the mercy that had to reach us 
We forget how much mercy had to be extended to us. If you could just remember where he had to reach to get you this morning. It would revitalize your spirit. But we grow accustomed to it. We get used to it. We get familiar with it. We get to living in it. And it becomes all too dull and mundane. And we lose our zip. We lose our we, we lose that vitality. We lose that spring in our spiritual step. We grow accustomed to prayer and so we don't pray. We grow accustomed to the Bible so we don't listen or read the Bible. The familiarity of life covers the cross with dust. And when we look at it, it doesn't move us like it once did. It clouds the image of the church with smoke so that we don't see the beauty of the, the church. And it causes us to forget. It causes us to forget how far he had to reach to get where I was. That's what familiarity will do to you. It's a thief that steals the most precious things. This thief doesn't steal your fellowship either. It just causes you to take it for granted. You fail to see the beauty of the church. You fail to realize what a blessed place this is. And then you look with critical eye at all the good that the church tries to do. And if we're not careful, we pick apart every attempt that the church makes to help others. Even the preacher loses his influence. I cannot tell you how many times I've laid over these pews and on this carpet in this place and pled for God to give me a new influence in some of your lives because I've lost it. I've become that familiar sound and I've become that voice that you're accustomed to and I can't move some of you like you need to be moved this morning because it's all too familiar. It's all too familiar. It's the same voice we heard last week and the week before. It's just another sermon. It's just another service. I can't reach some of you like I'd like to reach you this morning. There's a growing discontentment that comes to people's lives because of this thing called familiarity. I've seen it break up marriages, good marriages, good people that were joined together for life. I've seen it become a wedge that is driven between them. They just begin to take one another for granted. They come home and they go about their routine and they never see in their other that, that person that they've married, the person that God brought into their life to help make them better. And after a while, if you're not careful, you begin to look at them as a burden and you start thinking of ways that you might be able to get rid of them and do something else when the truth of the matter is all you need to do is wake up and realize you're a blessed person this morning. God has got His hand upon you and that discontent that's in you could be a problem of a spirit of familiarity. The unhappiness that is in so many people's lives and I see it every day. You you ask them what's wrong and they can't tell you. They're just unhappy. What are you unhappy about? Well, I don't know. I can't really tell you why. I, I can't put my finger on it. I'll tell you what it is. It's something called familiarity. We have become so accustomed. We live in such a wonderful place, in a great land. 
And with all of our faults in America, we're still, it's still the greatest nation in the world. I would not want to be anywhere else than where I am right now. But I'm telling you right now, the thing that is sending us to hell in a handbasket is this spirit that I'm talking about. We have become so accustomed to wealth and blessing and favor and plenty to where we feel like we own that and we have cornered the market on that and we are entitled to that when the truth of the matter is we're not entitled to anything. We're not entitled to anything. We have been given this and we have been blessed with this and if we're not careful familiarity will slip into our lives and it will jaundice your eye and it will cause you to be dissatisfied and discontented it'll bring unhappiness into your life it'll wreck your marriage it'll wreck your home it'll cause you to miss your children growing up amen it's called familiarity Cause you to miss the most important things in life. It dulls our senses. It doesn't steal your faith. It just cripples it so it's of no use. It doesn't steal your faith. It just cripples it. It saddles it with so many reasons why it shouldn't happen. That it burdens you down to a place that you can't get up. It doesn't steal your faith. It just saddles it with so much baggage that it never can rise to the level that can liberate and free. Peace and joy and happiness and contentment, they're lost in the wake of this spirit of familiarity. And some of us need to get it out of our life this morning. We become all too accustomed to this thing God has given us. It's been too long since some of us have been really moved the way we need to be moved. And we need to get it out of our life. His deadly aim is on every one of us. And He wants to take the most precious things you have and make them appear as common and ordinary and unsatisfactory and unfulfilling and undesirable. The familiarity of their view of Him, their familiarity of who He was and what He was so affected Him that He could do no mighty miracle among them. It whispers, do it later. It tells us that there's always time later. You can always do it at another time. And familiarity takes the magic of the moment and it poisons it with the ordinary and the common. Oh, if one time he could come again to that city now, I think the response might be different. But on that day, he was just the carpenter. He was just the son of Mary, the brother of James. He was just one of them. And because of that, they lost out on the very best, the very best that he could offer them they missed it because of the familiar i wonder how that's affecting some of us this morning i wonder how much of the dissatisfaction that some even in this building are experiencing in your life right now is a product of a spirit of familiarity and all it would take would be for you to find a place of renewing in your life and again there would come that realization 
of how blessed and how marvelously helped we have been. I wonder this morning, sitting here in this congregation, I wonder how much it has affected my view of this church, how I even look at the people in this church, how I view the songs that go up on the wall to help us in the worship of our courses. It's called the familiar. And it's more dangerous than anything else that I know of. It steals the luster and the joy. It takes away the excitement. And it makes life boring and dull. And it makes it a burden to live. Oh God, would you come this morning with renewing in your wings? Would you come this morning, Lord, with a refreshing wind from elsewhere and breathe upon this congregation and touch our eyes that we might be able to see how blessed we are. That we might remember where it was that you brought us from. That we might remember how far you had to reach. How ugly it was back then. How miserable we were. And you brought us out. And you worked out all those problems in our life. And you brought us through all of those trials and tribulations. And here we are today. We're in our right mind. We're clothed. We're sitting in a great congregation of people. And we're sitting here taking for granted the very best that God has given us. Let's stand together.